0: This, 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 this,
1: is mythical. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, I'm Link. And I'm Rhett. It's time for another conversation with somebody interesting from the internet. And this week that person is 23 year old King Russell. And that's not a king uh, who is Russell. That's his first name. That's his actual name. But you know him on YouTube uh, and elsewhere as Kingsley. He's amassed over 2.8 million subscribers on YouTube just under four years, and he's most popular for these vlogs that he does, a vlog series called Overexposed. Basically, he rants about things, various pop culture things, and also stuff that he experiences in his daily life.
0: And it's very funny. I mean, he's a legitimately funny dude. Mm -hmm. When, When I'm watching his videos, I'm just waiting for the next thing he's gonna say that's funny, and every other thing he says is funny, and very much Kingsley. I, I love how this space allows comedians to develop in all different types of ways, and he certainly developed his own comedic voice. He's got a tone. Yeah, yes. and it's very good. You know, I, I think um, on this Ear Biscuit, we got more of the pensive side of King. We got the He did not rant. Introspective. I
1: will say that he did not rant. Uh, at all, but that's not really what your Biscuits is about. It's not about your rants. It's kind of just about you talking about yourself. And well, and getting more of the, r- the
0: real side of him, so
1: I right. appreciated that. But just so you can get a taste of what uh, the internet has come to know and love about Kingsley, here's an example of a rant. Uh, in June 2010, he released things I hate about driving.
2: You know when you get off like a street and you're going into the highway and this lane's gonna end that you just got off on. They will literally go all the way to the end and then wanna sit up here and try to get impatient when they wanna wait to the last minute to try to get over into everybody's lane. You had a straight mile to get your over into the main lane.
0: Okay, that one's got over 3 million views to date. Uh, Here's another rant where he's talking about Rebecca Black. Uh, March 2011 has just under 9 million views.
2: It is the most annoying song slash video I've heard slash seen in my 20 years of existing on this planet. It starts out and there's like this calendar and it keeps flipping through the days of the week while a cartoon version of her annoying face is sitting up there singing her little harmonies like oh, oh, yeah yeah woohoo! I have a test on Monday, Tuesday got this recycled, blah blah blah, and then Friday gets here and the this- Wrote all over the page, finally, hooray, yippee. She's like, I gotta get up, gotta get fresh, gotta go downstairs, get a bowl, have my cereal.
1: Now, Kingsley's one of the only openly gay black male online personalities that's near the top of the charts on YouTube. And uh, he's been at it for a number of years. The momentum is still growing. He's actually just started his own podcast called Kingsley Overexposed. And we're happy to have him on our podcast, which was almost called Underexposed. Last minute change became ear biscuits, so that would have worked out really well on this uh, this week. So we
0: talked to King about uh, how he received his first break, courtesy of Tosh Tosh point oh. His last name is not point oh. Just no. like King is not an actual King, right? Even though maybe they both should look into those things, right? Uh, we talked to King about how. Even though he uses a lot of profanity in his vlogs, he never cusses in front of his parents.
1: Mm-hmm. And we also explored the question surrounding, is he actually quitting YouTube at the end of 2014?
0: A lot. It's, a, it's been a topic of discussion amongst his fans, viewers, and himself. We get to the bottom of that. Much more in this Ear Biscuit. Let's do it.
1: In a recent vlog, you said that you went to the billboard music awards i did and you walked the red carpet and you said that uh once they started snapping pictures of you you kind of were like
2: what was going through your mind you tell us again i don't know i was just looking like first there's like there's a process they have us all line up and then we just go to the carpet one by one and then they called my name and i just like went in front of the little poster thing or backdrop or whatever it's called and then the photographers just start screaming they just start screaming your name Mm -hmm. look over here look over here do this do that and I'd never done a red carpet before. So I was just sitting up there like, what the hell is going on? Like, what am I supposed to do? I didn't know where to put my hands. I didn't know who to smile at. And then, like, I just don't know how to pose. It was completely out of my element. And I was just, like, wanting it to be over. And you know when you, like, smile for a really long time and you kind of start, like— It kind of gives out a little bit. Yeah, and you start, like, twitching. <laughs> that was happening to me. Well, no, have you have you— Your go- cheeks were twitching? Yeah.
1: Have you Googled Kingsley Billboard Music Awards? I have not because we did.
2: Oh, <laughs> do I look the same in every single picture? No, no. <laughs> the picture is great.
1: Well, there's a number of pictures, uh, and we we learned this uh, a couple years ago. I learned that you know, after you go to an event like that, and they take your picture on the red carpet, the next couple of, like the next week, all these pictures just pop up in all these different photo sites, right? Right, and uh, your picture. If you, well, you have a number of pictures, but
0: the full but body one. Well, no, oh the, my god! I'll show it to you what right now.
1: What
0: is that? It's a okay. <laughs> the, there's a lot of your face, but then the full body one, kind of
1: like. Oh my god! I look so angry.
2: <laughs> oh my god! There's lots
1: of great pictures. This one, though, when I saw when I heard your story in your vlog, and then I saw this picture, I was so like, "This is it. this is incredible." Um, describe yourself.
2: Basically, I'm looking at. I look bewildered, or like. <laughs> That's a, a good one. Pissed off at something. It's kind of like, Even looking uh, at the camera. Deer in <laughs> headlights? Yes. It's great. Though. And your
0: hand, yeah. You, and there's a wider <laughs> shot of it, and your arms are just both like, oh limp at your sides. <laughs> I know. It's, it's so, so great. Awkward. I hate it. Hey,
1: I listen. Hate it. I, the last time, I don't know what event it was, but we walk the red carpet, and we always walk it together, right? Mm-hmm. So it's you feel a little bit more comfortable when you've got somebody to pose with, right? But I just remember. But you feel a little funny when they're like, "Okay, what's
0: your name?" Uh, Link, y- you first. It's like no, no, no. No, he's, he's coming say, with no. me. We do it together.
1: But do you remember and the like, last, the wanna, last time we wanna, did this?
0: You're too afraid to go by yourself. This
1: guy said, <laughs> "We were doing our pose. We, I mean, we we got uh, just a couple of poses, right? Yeah. And basically one face. Because I'm like, I want this picture to be consistent throughout the internet. <laughs> the guy <laughs> said, "Do something different." One of, one of the photographers actually said that he's like, "Can you do something different?" I was like, "Nope,"
0: because <laughs> he
1: wanted his he wanted that one picture that like Kingsley you,
0: could pull up on his podcast right. when we come on there yeah, that you can be and embarrassed he can make fun it. of us. No, but I mean, in, in fairness, you were making fun of yourself. We just googled it <laughs> to see if you if it was real, and we found That's out. Yeah, hey, it's real. I mean, my, your vlogs are inspired by your 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 experiences and your. Your Life, you're not making right. this stuff up exactly, and you know, we just had to make sure of that. And in that, this case, it was totally
1: true,
2: totally true. You didn't know what to do, My on the arms were just like dead weight. I just, <laughs> I, it was horrible.
1: Well, let, let's uh, let's go back. Uh, where are you from?
2: I'm from, well, I was born in Arkansas, born and in then Arkansas. I moved to Missouri when I was six, and then I was there ever since until about two and a half years ago when I moved to
1: LA. Okay, so your earliest memories are Arkansas memories. What yes. are the, what are those like?
2: Oh my goodness. Those are very They're like they're not really there, but they're there. It's funny cuz I was looking at where I grew up on Google Earth like 2 weeks ago.
1: Google Arkansas.
2: Yeah, and it was just like dirt. <laughs> like an inch of residential space. But it was I don't know. Arkansas was very rural small town. I think there were like less than a thousand people in the town where I grew up. Mm-hmm. We had, like, one elementary school, um, two gas stations, a post office, and then, like, houses, and, like, a railroad track went through the town, and everyone had to work in, like, the nearest city, which was, like, 12 miles away. So nobody n- nobody worked in, in this little town? No, unless you were at the gas station or post office. What was the name of the teacher. town? Or a teacher. Alzheimer, Arkansas. It's, like, outside Altimer? of Pine Bluff and Little Rock. Yeah.
0: That's well. like the incorrect way to say Alzheimer's. I know it's weird. <laughs> that's your
2: that's your town. I know. Sometimes I want to say Alzheimer's, but I can't. <laughs> but yeah.
0: If you don't know how to pronounce a really horrible disease, that's where I live. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean that that's incentive to move right there.
2: Mm-hmm. I miss it though. Oh, while you, like well, you're it. looking at it on Google, ha, Earth. have you been back? I haven't been back since the last time I went was before I moved here. I went to see my sister. And oh, family. so you still
1: got family in this small yes. town.
2: I do. Well, my sisters in the city that's like 12 miles outside of it, but I have aunts and my grandma was in the small town, but she moved like a few months ago. Mm, okay. Yeah, it's very like becoming like dilapidated and it's like a ghost be a ghost town. Yeah, it's actually kind of scary.
0: What do you call your grandma and what does she think of your
2: videos? I call her granny actually because I have her and then I have another grandma on my mom's partner side and I call her grandma and then I call my grandma my mom's grandma, Granny. And she hasn't seen my videos. <laughs> <So> <laughs>
1: Granny what,
2: hasn't? No, I don't think so. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> really? So yeah. what's the
0: conversation like when you talk to Granny?
2: It's just, at this point, because she's kind of older, so it's just like, how are you doing? I miss you. Come visit. Um, she doesn't ask what you do or anything? No. Sometimes she doesn't even, it's kind of sad. Like She doesn't realize that I'm not at home. Oh, when I talk to her on the phone, sometimes like I don't think she realizes I'm in California. Okay. Yeah, I got it. One of those situations. (laughs) Same thing for your uh, grandma. She doesn't know what you do. She's she's still kicking. She's like an active ass grandma. She does like (laughs) running, and she's still in like choir, and she power walks like every day. She cooks. She's like superwoman. Does she watch your videos? No, but she knows about them. And, I don't like when my family watches.
1: <laughs> but, but I mean, but she knows what you do. Yes. She, she, she understands
2: mm-hmm. why you're out here. Yes. Why don't you like when your family... Tell me more about that. Well, it's just mainly the profanity because when I'm around my family, I'm just a completely different person and just really? out of respect for, like, adults. I just don't use profanity. And one of the things when my mom first realized what I was doing, um, one of my aunts, I think, had stumbled upon me. I think after the whole Tosh.0 thing that I was on. And my mom called me when I was And briefly, what was the
0: Tosh.0 thing?
2: I did this video about like a list of pet peeves that I had. And I was literally just sitting in my dorm room just talking about how I hated like skinny jeans and couples that sit on the same size of the booth. It's like (laughs) literally just a list of stupid things.
0: But you were were being, you were in Kingsley. Yeah. It's Kingsley
2: bitch mode. Mm -hmm. It was like spring break and I still had to work. And like nobody was on campus and I was just bored out of my mind. But, and, but your
0: language was
2: much more colorful than what you would use with your... Yeah. Way more colorful. I never use profanity. I said one time in front of my mom when I was in the car, I was like, it's hot as shit. <laughs> and like, I didn't, it just rolled out and I like gripped the side of like the passenger door and I like looked at her with my eyes like so wide I was like, I'm so sorry. Like I just, that's not how I grew up. I don't know how it became. Did she way, smack but, you or something? No, she just started laughing. She's like, it's okay. That was literally the first and only time I've ever used, I don't curse in front of my parents. I'm like, really? It's not how I grew up. I never.
1: But when you, when you first started, uh, like that first rant Mm -hmm. video that got really popular, that had the colorful language, was that, were you, did you have that language in your, your normal life or was it like, I'm going into a character here that I know will be funny?
2: It was, like, my first rant that I uploaded was authentic. Like, I was genuinely, like, perturbed. About? <laughs> was about. Like, it was about, like, this experience I had at um a parking lot of an Applebee's with the Jonas Brothers who had a concert that summer. And, like, all their fans, like, completely took over the parking lot, like, beyond the arena. And it was just a mess, and I was trying to get food, and they were everywhere with their posters and, like, playing music and just, you know how girls are when there's like a guy band and they were just completely over the top and rabid so, yeah and i went home and i had been watching youtube that summer um i think i started watching shane dawson was the first person i started watching and through him i just found other people and i just <laughs> saw them talking and i was like oh my god i want to make a video about this and so i did it and um people responded to it and then that's like when i kind of molded the character mm-hmm. of like this outlandish profane careless being but the <laughs> that
0: first that first video was just going on anger and adrenaline and frustration yeah, yeah. and so this language that you were never allowed to say was coming out mm-hmm.
2: and it felt good
0: it felt good <laughs> yes. did your so tell me more about your parents back then and kind of growing up well i mean does that mean that they were really strict
2: or really Heavy-handed? They weren't strict. Like, okay, my parents are lesbians. It's my mom and her partner. And I just never, like, I guess it's strict. Like, I couldn't watch TV a lot. Like, I watched two hours of TV a day. That was my limit. And I had, like, an hour and a half limit for the internet. And um, all the movie channels were blocked. Anything above, like, PG-13 was blocked. Like, I was very... I guess sheltered in a way.
0: Was it like a religious home too
2: or No. It was just they wanted me to be a kid, I guess. I have no idea like what their intentions were. But I just I didn't have a lot of exposure to like profane or crazy things.
1: Well, and let's back up a second, because um you say your parents are lesbians. I assume a, a man was involved at some point in the process. <laughs> Very early <laughs> on in the process. Uh, so how how did how did that happen?
2: Um I still, to this day, don't really know the full story, but I know that my dad um, left my mom when she was pregnant with me. And so with her, it was like a situation of just being in Arkansas, and it was very close-minded down there. And it's like, she wanted kids. Like, my sister's older than me, so she'd had my sister already. And, like, she was just doing what she needed to do to, like, survive, I guess. Um, Not be judged. She was just doing the whole Southern... With a man, having kids thing. And then I think that she met her partner when I was, I want to say three-ish. And they've been together ever since. And we moved, like I said, when I was six, we all moved to St. Louis. And that was just life as I knew it.
0: But you didn't, I think in one of your videos, you 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 mentioned that your, your parents, your mom and her partner were together. Mm-hmm. But you didn't, you just thought they were friends. There was like this, Yeah, I didn't, there was a point, right?
2: <laughs> it's like, where no, she, your mom wasn't out to you. Right. When I was younger. Okay. She told me when I was very young, but I didn't care. Like, she literally one day came in my room and sat on the floor and she's like, we are what society would call lesbians. And I don't know what the hell she was talking about. I was just like, okay. But like, it was a situation where like, you have know, someone's like dating someone, a woman dating a man. And like, if she has a kid, she'll be like, this is uncle Steve. Yeah. It's really not Uncle Steve. (laughs) Like, I think, from what I remember, she told me that that was my aunt. And so I thought they were just, like, living together. But again, I was so young, I didn't care. I didn't really know what was going on. Right.
0: But more in a protective way of, I don't want to tell Kingsley that I'm dating this person that could be another mom Mm -hmm. to me or whatever, and then we break up. And then, you know, I guess— I take it that that's what you mean. There was, like, a protection on that level. Yeah, It wasn't really,
2: I didn't want to protect him from understanding that I'm dating a woman. Right, right, right. And I think it was a situation where she wanted me to know when she felt I was ready to where maybe, like, I didn't get made fun of or something. I don't know what she was thinking. But either way, I didn't care. So,
1: what was that part of the move to St. Louis? Was that one of the things that motivated it? What Was, you know, being a small town in Arkansas as a lesbian couple
2: for sure i think that and then just career opportunities um for us in the midwest like st louis is like a big city so it was like a super big deal to move from where we were to missouri and um it was just great it was like i felt like a chance for them to start fresh and then me and my sister to start fresh cuz uh we moved like right before i started kindergarten or anything so it was just a completely new start and it was mm-hmm. awesome
0: was it like a mind blowing announcement when like she went from being what? What's her name? And what do you call her? Like you call her mom too, or?
2: Oh no, I don't. I call her by her first name. Okay. Yeah, I call my mom mom, but I still that like make, consider her sense. my mom. I just don't call right. her mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But was was it like a mind blowing announcement? Oh, now my fr- my my mom's friend is now my
2: mom's spouse or partner. No, I really, when she told me, I didn't comprehend anything. I don't think oh, I realized. You were still young then. Yeah, I don't think until I got to, like, middle school, high school, that I started to realize, like, what a lesbian was. Okay. And, like, what my parents were. And, um.
0: How did that relate to your understanding of yourself as being gay? Did you, <laughs> your mom was always out to
2: you. Were you always yeah. out to yourself, too? No, me, like, being gay was so weird. Like, I feel like. I knew, I obviously knew, but I never mentioned it to anyone. I didn't even mention it to my parents. Um, the first time we even remotely talked about a guy, I was working at Friday's and it was my senior year of high school. And this kid from Detroit was like there with like five of his friends and he gave me his phone number. And um, I was working at the host stand and he was just flirting. And I just felt like really, really like, I don't know how I felt. I was just feeling some type of way that I'd never felt before in my life. And Like, like my good. mom, Yeah. <laughs> okay. And my mom picked me up. And I just told her about it. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy came in, and he was really cute, and blah, blah, blah. And Like, that was that. Like, I never thought twice about it. It wasn't a big deal. And then until I was in college, which was, like, maybe, like, a year after this, she called me up, and she literally just said to me, say it. I'm like, say what? She's like, that you're gay. And I started laughing for, like, five minutes. Then I eventually said it. And, like, that was that. So they knew. I just, it was never a situation where I felt the need to, like, announce it.
1: Mm-hmm. And when did you know?
2: I feel like I knew in like eighth or ninth grade. I feel like that's when I am trying to remember who it was, but I remember like having my first crush on a guy in middle school. So I want to say like eighth grade. Yeah.
1: Okay, and that was in, that was in St. Louis. So you you you, yes. moved, you moved to St. Louis uh, right before starting school, basically. And what was that like? New kid.
2: <sighs> At first, like I don't remember it like distinctly, but. I know I was excited. Like, I wasn't sad or anything. Um, I was always, like, adventurous. I remember just being on planes. Like, I loved flying. I loved traveling. And it was only six hours away. So, like, when we first moved, we visited a lot. Um, But I just, I don't know, I wasn't a shy kid. Like, I was just ready for the world. And I went to school. I always loved school. And I just thought St. Louis was, like, a cool place. I immediately got involved in a bunch of stuff, and it was a pretty good experience.
1: And what were you, what were you into at that time? Were you like, uh, I know you, I know from your vlogs and um, that you were a smart kid, yeah. that immediately, <laughs> immediately they recognized, okay, this this kid is gifted, put, mm-hmm. put him in some advanced classes and that kind of thing.
2: I started out and my first passion, I guess, was choir. Um, I sang from, I sang in church when I was like four or five. And then when I started school in St. Louis, I joined choir in first grade, um, I got into orchestra. I played the violin. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, I did. And then I played, was a nerd. I was. I was a little, little gay nerd. And then I played the saxophone in band once I got to fifth grade, but I only did that for like two years. So yeah. And then I was involved in theater and Scholar Bowl, Spelling Bee, just any... I was very immersed in school because i didn't get to do much outside of school not that i need to as a child but like i just liked doing things i liked staying after school i liked meeting different people in different activities and just like being involved and knowing the teachers like from a very young age i just liked mm-hmm. networking if that makes any sense. <laughs> but
0: if you weren't out to your mom until college then i guess you weren't out to your
2: friends either so that was kind of like it was—I didn't say it, but they knew. Like, even with some of my friends in high school, like, I would talk about guys. I just was never one of those people that was like, I'm gay. And I didn't—like, I wasn't part of, like, the Gay-Straight Alliance. I didn't do anything proactive, I guess, that I could have to have been more part of the community. I just was. It wasn't
1: put part of your public identity yeah. at the time. I but-
2: wasn't—I don't know if I wasn't comfortable with it, but I just— The way that school was, I just never felt the need to, like, make it a big deal.
0: But you made a big deal out of Britney Spears. Yes. Instead. I think that
2: was the dead giveaway.
0: Right. (laughs) So, So
2: tell me about that, the Britney obsession. You know, it's actually my mom's fault. I was in my room one night. I'd been doing homework, and I just heard this, like, I heard, like, and I was like, what, is, what are you watching? Like, what are you listening to? And I, like, peeked my head around the corner, and she was watching, like, music videos, and Toxic was on. And I was just fascinated, and I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then back then, like, there was no, like, Vivo or anything. Mm-hmm. And so I would literally, like, watch the TV channel that MTV had that showed, like, music videos 24 hours, trying to catch that video. <laughs> like, any chance that I got. And I finally saw it, and I was just, ever since then, I was just fascinated. And, and what and
1: what specifically? I mean, what, what you, because obviously there are other female uh, pop stars. What, what is it about Britney?
2: Well, initially it was just that specific song and that video and how she looked. And I ended up going back and listening to like her old stuff because as like a black person, like Britney wasn't, like I knew who she was, but in my house, she wasn't like a fixture. Which yeah. obviously she was like to the world at that time. And I just, I don't know, I just fell in love with her music and then I would see her perform and then the whole crap happened where she, like, lost her mind. In her hair? And that just made me like her. (laughs) Yes, in her hair. And that just made me like her even more because I felt like she was someone relatable who, like, got super famous and couldn't handle the pressure and just cracked and then You did a presentation
0: on her at some point?
2: I did. I did a presentation in this, like, graphics media class or something. We had to do a PowerPoint on, like, a person that, (laughs) was important to our lives. Like a celebrity, not like a, anyone. And so okay. I picked her. And uh, that was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell us about that. There was just... I was in the class. I was... There was me... I think there was like... Actually, I don't think there were any girls in that class except for the teacher. And um, I don't know, like all the guys picked like athletes or like rappers or... I don't even know. And then I, it was my turn. And, and, I, and what,
1: what's, the, what's the demographic breakdown of, of your school and of, of this class?
2: I mean, is this a public school? Or is yeah, it's a public school. Um, I'd say mostly white and black students. Okay. Um, there weren't a lot of, like, there wasn't much besides that where I'm from. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and it was just, like, all guys in the class. And uh, I went up to give mine and, like, they just started saying, like, just rude things. And, like, they just didn't care. Like, the teacher was in the room, and they just didn't care. And she would tell them to stop, and they just kept going. And then, like, they'd try to whisper it, and, like, I just heard everything. And, like, I made it through my presentation. And what are they them. saying? What are they calling, like, a fag and, like, laughing and saying that I was gay for, like, picking her and just ignorant things. Um, but I dealt with it in that class before, just... Um, being who I was, I guess, um, and uh, that <laughs> that day just kind of like broke me, and I like ended up in the hallway, and I was just crying, and the teacher was like yelling like crazy
0: at the students. Yeah. And did did she come out there and talk to you? I mean, how she did, did that, you? What were the next few and then, hours? And then how did you? How do you recover from something like that?
2: I don't know. She came out and talked to me, um, like as soon as I went out there, and then she went back in and yelled, and then she sent me to the counselor's office. I was in the counselor's office for like an hour. Um, none of the kids got in like trouble well as far as I know but um, I don't know it was just very I don't think because at that point which is also I guess a crucial part of the story I was a new student this was 8th grade and so prior to that for the 7 years I'd been in another school district and so I was a new kid and um, I just had never been in that situation before Mm -hmm. to where people didn't know me or weren't used to like how I acted or the things that I liked so it was just extremely overwhelming, and I just had to cope with it. It was a very messy period of my life. Like, yeah. my grades dropped and everything.
0: I mean, yeah, for how
2: how long was the recovery?
0: I mean, as a eighth grader?
2: I'd say I didn't recover until I was in high school. It was like a huge, like, blow to my personality, to my just everything. Because I was just, like, I was so carefree when I was younger. Like, I didn't care about anything. I was just super nice. And, like, I talked to everyone, and then... Once I moved and went through that, it was just like, whoa, not everyone's, Hmm. you know, accepting. Not everyone's the same. And so um, it eventually came out that I was getting, like, bullied, I guess, when my parents went to a parent-teacher conference because I hadn't told them anything just because I was that kid and, like, we moved and I don't want to, like, make it seem like anything was wrong. And I was just like, yeah, I'm having fun at school. But then they went to conferences and my teachers were like, he's having a rough time and um they talked to me about it but that was like near the end of the semester so you were kind of keeping it to yourself
0: yeah so <laughs> uh, in high school you it was kind of an upswing of okay i'm i'm moving on from mm-hmm. from this
2: this valley
0: this low point
2: right high school i think was just it was a good time because it became a point where you can kind of figure out who's also interested in what you're interested in there are a lot more activities to join And there were just so many more people from like all the middle schools in the district. And it was just so much more diverse. And so it was nice to, I felt like I was starting over. Like I met new people that didn't go to my middle school. And it was just, it was a refreshing start.
0: You said in a recent video, if you had to do high school over
2: that, (laughs) how did you put it? I said that I would come out of the closet immediately and just be open for business. (laughs) That's my exact quote. (laughs) (laughs) But you're laughing at yourself. I mean, is that? (laughs) It's the truth. I would. I always think of like doing things over. And I know people say, oh, I wouldn't change a thing. But I would definitely change some things. Because I already have this life. I would like to see how it would be different.
0: Moving on to college. You you mentioned, it seems like college kind of was like a, a wild
1: time. You you go off to University of Missouri. Yes. Uh, so you, you had to, I mean, you ended up doing pretty well in, in high school, it sounds like, mm-hmm. in order to. And did you get scholarship
2: there? Is it? I got like a $2,500 scholarship. Okay, so you got a
1: partial scholarship to... Yeah.
2: Not the one I wanted. Mizzou. Yeah.
1: And did you go to school with some people that you already knew, some yes. some friends?
2: I actually went to school with my best friend from high school, and then... Um, there was just, like, a circle of people that you knew from high school that were going. Yeah. That you had, like, the, oh, we'll keep in touch and we'll see each other. That we did that. And, um, it was just so cool. Like, my parents, like I said, I had been super, super sheltered. And so, I, prior to, like, I hadn't been one of those kids that, like, partied in high school or drank or anything. I'd never had alcohol before. And, um, we got there the first week. And they had a frat party on, like, the first day after classes. And we went there and, like, I don't know how I was, like, standing up. This was literally the first time I ever drank alcohol, but I was a pro. And I just, I think in my head I just accepted the role of, like, big brother because it was me and then, like, three girls. And um, we just got to a point where they were completely wasted and it was just time to go and I'm trying to get us to a cab. And I was holding her, like, under her boobs because that's as much. I'm a skinny guy. I was just trying to, like, get her there without, like, dropping her on the floor. And she just peed. She just completely peed, like, while I was holding her. As though I wasn't there. And I'm just like, okay, cool. You're welcome. And I was just so annoyed. Well, it's actually warm to start. And then it becomes cool. Uh, thanks for the reminder. <laughs> <laughs> that horrific flashback. But I did actually drop her at that point.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was I the good, good her time. her down against the wall.
2: And that was the defining moment of college for you? Yeah, that's when I was like, okay, this is real. I'm here and it's about to be a mess. And it became a mess from there in what way? It just, you know, I, I just felt so free. Like nothing against my parents, but I just, it was awesome to like be in a place where you go to class, you do your homework when you want, you turn it in, you have like freedom, you can go eat what you want, go back to your room when you want. And, th- and I th- just, is that when you started making videos on YouTube? I started like a month before I left oh, for okay. university. Oh, okay. Um I was working like I'm working my ass off and I just hey, What what was your job? I was working at Fazolis, which was a like a fast food Italian. Fast food shop. Italian. Oh yeah. Garlic sticks. Yes. You guys know about Fazolis? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. My Have me some Nobody fazoli's. knows about Fazolis. It's so good. So good. I was doing that and then I was a waiter at TGI Fridays. And I also did room service there because we were attached to a Crown Plaza, so I just made hella tips and I was saving it off for school.
1: Is that where you have Flair, the the, the pens? Is that TGI Fridays or that's Ruby Tuesdays? Uh, no,
2: it's Fridays. No, that's yeah. It's a, you, you.
1: have the, pin, the pins the pens, right? What kind of pens? The and gold pens. Like on your like suspenders, but- like buttons. And I didn't have you
2: any s- <laughs> suspenders.
1: Is that no? We're we're, not, we're thinking of the we wrong have thing.
2: like red shirts with like checkers. There's a place okay.
1: where you they call it Flair. Like you're like, and however many buttons the waiter has attached oh. to their suspenders is how much flair they
2: have. That's not TGI Fridays, I guess. I thought it was. I know we did have a reward system. It wasn't called flair. It's a I similar was restaurant. and I'm
1: sure that people listening know what I'm talking about, but I can't remember <coughs> the. Anyway, well, you didn't awesome. have
2: suspenders on. No, I didn't. But I, it was awesome. And and I that's just... the so the Jonas
0: Brothers vlog. Y- you were vlogging from the perspective of an employee at Applebee's.
2: No, it was TGI Fridays. Oh <laughs> yeah, I went your Fridays, not Applebee's. But maybe you ate maybe it, maybe Applebee's. Yeah, Applebee's is where they got Maybe it is. I did. I was cheating. Oh <laughs> yeah. I was with our enemy. But um Which yeah, is was, be- which is better. Which is better? Which has better food. Fridays, no doubt. Okay. Although Applebee's appetizers are just amazing. <laughs> but their entree is Fridays without question. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> everybody's got a right to their own opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: So when you posted that first rant video, when you were cheating on your job at Applebee's, yeah. it was because you had been watching Shane Dawson, you're like, okay, if I'm angry about this, this can be the way for me to get it out. Or was there were there other motives too? Like, I also want to be a YouTuber and I'm going
2: to try it right now. No, it was literally just, I was, well, the whole like motive, I guess, was after I saw Shane, I like found vloggers through him. I found this guy, Quadir. I found... Chris Crocker. (laughs) Like, I just Mm -hmm. found a whole bunch of people. Um, And, like, I was fascinated by the aspect of connecting with people. Um, One of the first things I started doing was doing reality show recaps, Mm -hmm. just to see other people who had similar interests and, like, conversate with them. Like, I was always in the comments just talking and seeing who had similar thoughts. So that was, like, my main motivation. And then when this happened, um, I did it literally just to, like, get it out, just to, like, have... A story to tell. Um, I didn't know anything about being a YouTuber. I didn't know what being a YouTuber was.
1: But did you know that you were funny? Because,
2: you know, there's a
1: lot of vloggers mm-hmm. out there. There's a lot of people who just share the details of their life. And I know there's a lot of people who are really interested in that. That's not the kind of content that I consume. But with you, you're, once you get going, it's like a stand-up comedian as far as I'm concerned. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like you, you've got comedic timing, You, the way you phrase things. It's really funny. Thanks. And uh, <laughs> is, is that the kind of thing that you're like, I know why people are going to like this? Or did your friends know, like, oh
2: yeah, Kingsley, he's funny. See, yeah. People in school told me I was funny. It was never a situation where I thought I was funny and I didn't like start uploading because I thought I was funny. I uploaded just to be able to talk to people. Um they told me I was funny and that felt good but I never, like even to this day, like I don't, I don't, I don't watch myself. Mm-hmm. Like, clearly, I don't think anyone does. But you but, edit like, yourself. Yeah, I edit it and then I watch it that one time to make sure there's no errors and then I upload it and I'm done. Like I hate hearing myself talk. I'm actually like in awe that some people have done it for five years. <laughs> Power to them.
0: <laughs> but I mean, and, but when you edit it, I mean, you're certain, when I watch it, it's, At least every third cut is, it's going to be on a joke. I (laughs) mean, it's going to be on, what's he going to say next? And then the cut. You know, it's, I mean, you're, at this point, you're very much, it's down to a science, you're, Mm -hmm. you know where you're going to, where you're where you going to, you're going to get your questions, you're going to get your content or your inspiration from, and then you're going to format it to, I'm just going to, I assume it's not scripted. It's more like this, maybe it's just an
2: outline in your head. It's like, my, my skits is scripted, but the rants and the vlogs, I just, I talk. I may have a post-it note to remind me of topics if uh, I do more than one, but usually I just do one a video, and so I just let it go. And like I,
0: stream of consciousness. Yeah. And then when you edit it, you're kind of going out on joke, or out on, I mean, for me, it's, I I'm waiting for you to say it in the way that only you can say it, and then you're out, and then it's yeah. another one, and then it's another one. Mm-hmm. And it's so...
2: How much are you cutting out? I would say I cut out, I think on average I record like eight to ten minutes. And then my videos are like four minutes long. So, what, 60%? Is that the math? <laughs> so you know, I cut out that much. Um, that's that's a lot of natural funny
0: if you can just bang it out in Yeah, eight cause minutes. I
2: feel like I... I I've learned my audience at this point, and, like, I know what kind of phrases they like, I know what kind of commentary they want to hear, and I just never want to, like, ramble for too long. And um, that's what I delete a lot, is if I, like, am, um, like, piling on on a certain topic, and I'm like, oh, you said this already. That doesn't need to be said twice.
1: So if it takes you ten minutes to make the video, and, it, and you edit it down to four minutes, what do you do with your free time? Me?
2: <laughs> well, I have a podcast. Um, and and, well, and I no. <laughs> and I asked
1: I asked that question like a a fan who when they hear that somebody's a YouTuber they mm-hmm. assume that what do you mean you work for ten minutes a ten minutes a week I, I know that's not the I case know. it's a mess but uh, what, but you know you you do have a lot of things going on so I mean it, you 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 because well, fast forwarding from from college you you moved to well t- tell us how you got out here then we can kind of talk about how, wh- what you do. How now that you're out did here. did I get out here?
2: Actually, it was a very, like, random... I had no plans. Like, I've always wanted to move to L.A., not because of YouTube, like, even before that, just for a different experience than the Midwest. I wanted to go somewhere that was, like, more diverse and open and had a lot more people and opportunities. And um, I had been dating this guy. <laughs> well, okay, like, my video... I started school in August of 2009, Mm -hmm. and then my video that was on Tosh went viral April 2010. Um, So, the end of my freshman year was kind of like weird. I was working at Subway. I'd worked like four jobs. You're a sandwich Um, artist? Yes, I was a sandwich artist. I was working at Subway. I worked at a movie theater. I worked at Toys R Us (laughs) for seasonal. Um... And that's what I was. That was so like You did
1: Toys R Us over Christmas.
2: Yeah, I worked there from. Wow, my that's first a rough day time. Was Black Friday. Oh, yeah, really? It was a disaster. Okay, tell us about that. I felt like I wanted to quit, but I couldn't. It was just ridiculous. I had went home for Thanksgiving break, and then I had to because my school was only like ninety minutes from where I grew up, and um, I we got there at like five in the morning, and I was just like, oh, it doesn't look too busy yet because the doors opened at six or something, and as soon as like. They opened, I was just completely, I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Mothers were, like, constantly asking questions. Kids were running around, and I was there from open to close. Yeah, it's my first day. I know. It was horrific. It was traumatizing.
0: So Tosh, kind of, rec- uh, he rescued you from that. Yeah, it's so weird. D- did
2: he make fun of you in the show? He... Because he can be really harsh. He was not as harsh as I've seen him be. His bad, like, the worst thing he said, um... Because one of the things I said was like I hate being on Chat Roulette and all I see is penis. And he like riffed like, Oh, I'm sure he's not so upset about seeing penis or something like that. That was all (laughs) he said. So it was funny. I laughed.
0: And then from from that viral video, you were you're like, I gotta do more of this. Like what was the game plan?
2: Actually I was like kinda in shock. Like I didn't after I did that video, I did like three more and then I stopped for a bit. Um, it was just weird. Like after it happened, after spring break, like I went back to work and like people were coming in and just like knowing who I was and they were asking me to like say lines from the video and stuff. And I'm just like, whoa, this Hmm. is freaking awkward. Would you say the lines? No, (laughs) I was working. I was like, no, no, no. Like I'd play, I wasn't rude or anything. I just like laugh it off. And, um, I was like glad when school ended that year because I just, I didn't know what the hell was going on.
0: But you started—you
2: took a little break, but then you you kind of doubled down on it? I did, because it was summer, and, like, no offense to Missouri, but I just—I was so bored. I had absolutely nothing to do. And making videos, like, it was fun. And um, it's not like—there wasn't—like, that video went viral, but I still didn't have, like— a lot of subscribers, or, like, I was getting more. But at that point, it wasn't something I looked at or even knew. Like, I still didn't understand what YouTube was. Or not really making money, much money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just all weird. I was still doing it for
0: fun. So then when did it switch to, oh, I I can make enough
2: money here to decide to move to L.A., or? You want to know the honest truth? Of course. I didn't, like, start taking YouTube seriously, like, as a business until, like, last year. Oh, yeah? Like, even beyond me moving out here. I moved out here because of it. Um, So, okay,
0: well, then tell me how you decided to move out if it wasn't a financial decision. It was
2: a love decision. Well, not really love, more like drama. I went to a Britney Spears concert in Michigan. There she is again. I know, just every point of my life. Uh, And the guy I was with, we've been dating for, like, two months. And then he was, like, he was texting this other guy, just, like, inappropriate things. I won't go into detail. But essentially I like broke up with him and made him fly back to Missouri. And then my friend Stephanie went to the concert with me instead. And my friend Caitlin, who I went to school with at Mizzou, was moving out to LA two weeks from then. And she'd been looking for a roommate. And like, um, I was about to start my junior year. And it was just like a point in life where i like, I didn't care about school. Um, like I wanted to finish school one day, but at that point, I just felt like I was like getting into debt. Like I wasn't motivated. I wasn't learning anything new. Um, I had the thing with the guy, and so I was just in like this weird, awkward place of just like I need a change. And like literally, when I left Michigan, I called my mom um, in the car because I had like an eight-hour drive, and I told her like I want to move to LA. Like Caitlin needs a roommate. She's my friend. I have enough money saved. Um, which I did like I didn't have like a lot, but And that, and
1: that was from your all the jobs that you worked plus yeah. a little little youtube money yeah. or did
2: okay. a little bit of adsense <laughs>
1: Okay, so you, you you had already activated your mm-hmm. your ads and all that.
2: Yes And so I don't know if was just the end of summer I was like in kind of a low place and I saw an opportunity to go somewhere different and new where I had opportunities where I had at this point in time, like I didn't know when, again, I would have the money to do it. I didn't know when I'd have a roommate, when I'd have a ride. Like I just felt like it was one of those opportunities. Like if I didn't take it, then I would have never, ever been here. Um, And so I did that. And then here I am. <laughs>
1: and, and when was that? How long ago was that?
2: This was Sep- August, September 2011. Okay, I moved out here September 13th. 2011
1: okay and what was it like I mean when you when you got out here was it had you ever been
2: to LA before I had not I didn't even visit like I it was completely just dreams and like a ideal I guess scenario I had in my head of what it was that I just thought that I could ever move here without ever had having had visited um and I was like I was overwhelmed at first we lived in redondo beach which Mm -hmm. for people that don't live here it's kind of more suburban not as busy um my roommate was doing like beach volleyball so we moved there more so for her and it was just like awesome. like professionally yeah she actually went which was another thing she left me like three or four months since i was living here to go play in croatia for like five months i was like you bitch (laughs) i was so mad but um it was great the first few months um It was nice just being in a new environment. It was nice to go to West Hollywood and see, like, an abundance of gay people, like, just in the streets and, like, no one judging them or... It was just a completely different city and life that I had ever experienced before.
1: And what did you begin to do in terms of YouTube? How did moving out here...
2: Did it pick up or...
1: Change things for that?
2: It did. I, um... Was way more motivated just because I feel like um, I wasn't in school. I had a lot of time. Um, I was trying to get a job at Blockbuster, I remember, when I moved out here. But, like, <laughs> months after, like, they all closed. <laughs> yeah, that so was... So it was just like, I guess I missed that.
1: You were about to have every, like, every uh, sort of, I don't know what the the word is, but you, you've you been a waiter. yeah. <laughs> You know, you worked at Toys R Us and <laughs> mm-hmm. you wanted to get the video store credit so you could I have, did. like, all those types of jobs. That was, like, my dream
2: job forever. <laughs> I always dreamed of working in a video store. I loved that. but um, You
1: missed the uh, wrong time, you know?
2: I know. It was sad. But I just was, yeah, I was going, like, really hard on YouTube. I had, like, I made this little backdrop. Where I thought I was so cool. <laughs> I had, like, this collage of, like, celebrities behind me when I talk about pop culture. And it was just, like... It was great. I felt, like, re-energized, and then I signed with an agency, like, that first summer, and um, I worked with, like, Scooter Braun. Like, I just, when I moved out here, I just was completely just like, oh, my God, like, this is awesome. This is what I wanted.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Scooter, he's, uh, who is, he's who a, who he manager? He manages Justin Bieber. That's right. The Wanted, Ariana Grande.
1: Well, I mean, and, and since since coming out here, I mean, over the, these past three or so years, I mean, the momentum has only continued to grow for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been one of those voices on YouTube that kind of uh, g- gets this initial wave of momentum and then maintains it, which is not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you announced at the end of 2013 that... <laughs> Oh, and you know, in the 2014 I I'm done with YouTube. So, what's up with
2: that? I have to like add an asterisk to that. I'm done vlogging. Uh-huh. Oh, i am okay. done vlogging. Oh, okay. Yeah, I You're not leaving YouTube. No, I'm I'm still doing like skits and more premium end quote programming, but I just won't be vlogging anymore.
0: Okay, it's, what's the, what's the rationale?
2: And is there a risk associated with that? There's definitely a risk. Um the rationale first, like I just It's gotten to a point for me where it's just hard to like continuously discuss things by myself. Like I can't just be in a room conversating to the camera. Um, There's only so many different things I could say, so many comments I can make. And uh, when I got the opportunity to do my podcast, that's why I kind of jumped on it. Because I loved the idea of having a co-host and having guests and like this team of people that you're like working off of. And um, that's something that I've desired because like I said, it's just gotten hard for me to talk constantly by myself. And um, I started doing skits. Well, I did them like, on and off when I was in college, but I got into it at the beginning of last year, and um, everyone responded well to it. So I was just like, this is what I'd enjoy doing. Because I went to school for journalism, um, and we had to take like all these writing courses, and I did creative writing. And I've always enjoyed writing like even in elementary school i wrote these books that are still like (laughs) at my house i wrote these like murder mysteries (laughs) i have like seven of them and they're each like 60 pages but i just always liked being creative and so when i saw the opportunity to like switch over from just me talking to like writing skits and like writing content and then i talked to people like jory gracefa who did like storytellers Mm -hmm. and i just see all these like other aspects of things that like inspire me and make me like excited to do a video or to create content that's what I want to do I don't want to be in a situation where I'm just like oh I'm talking just because this is what you guys like because I feel like there's a point where they can realize you're not really into it anymore yeah and you don't I don't want that to happen
0: but you gave them over a year notice that's quite a quite an advanced I wanted notice them
2: to know like I, I didn't want to be like dramatic about it. Like, I didn't want to have it be December and be like, well, that was my last vlog. Mm. And everyone's like, whoa, 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 what?
1: But I'm sure even, even though you gave the year notice, I'm sure you got a lot of upset fans. I mean, that's just what happens, right? Yeah.
0: Um, It might be a brilliant marketing scheme. I mean, how many last albums has Jay-Z had? (laughs) (laughs) You know? This is it. And this is it. And this is it.
1: Well, did you have any of those, those dramatic messages people said you don't understand i mean your vlogs
2: are what get me Uh up i still get tweets like every day at Mm -hmm. least one how does that make you feel um it makes me feel like good that they have enjoyed it so much but then it also makes me like scared to like do something new because i'm like worried about how they're going to respond to it but i feel like every time i've tried something new on my channel there's been the thing that i like about youtube is that people can be honest Mm -hmm. and like you can tell if your audience likes what you're putting up, or if they don't. And um, at this point, I'm just at a point where it's like, okay, they're either going to like it or they're not. I'll keep what they like and then what they don't, I'll scrap. And so it's just all like anxious. I'm anxious. Mm-hmm.
0: Are you developing more of a detailed plan of what next year will look like already? I mean, yes. is it because when you talk about skits, you mean scripted content where you're playing multiple characters, it's not still kind of kind of a vlog format right
2: well what you've been doing what you've done yeah but this will be more like web series ish okay um i've written a bunch like i've written like two seasons of one thing and like we're still planning everything else right now so it's like murder mystery nah (laughs) i wish but uh maybe one day but we have like five things for like fleshing out and like over the next few months i'll be like filming stuff and editing it and like just having everything ready to go by January,
0: hmm.
2: yeah. So it's just it's really nerve wracking, but hopefully it's planned really well.
0: What's it? But, I mean, can you tell us the name of the series? No, I can't. Can you tell us one word of the name of the series? Internet. <laughs> Internet is one of the it's words. Good. Internet in it. It does. Is another one Kingsley?
2: Nah. Internet nah. overload. Kingsley. It's actually, if you think about it, I think you can get. The rest of it, but I'm not going to confirm or deny. How many words? Two. Okay, and one of them's internet. (laughs) (laughs) The internet. (laughs) The internet.
0: Would you rather win the title, The Greatest Gay YouTuber or The Greatest Black YouTuber?
2: I think I'd probably say Greatest Black. Why? Just because it's more distinctive, (laughs) and I feel like I stand out more as opposed to gay. You know, you have Tyler and Troy and, like, 50,000 other <laughs> people, it feels like. So I would just like to own my blackness. <laughs>
0: so there's more gay YouTubers than black YouTubers.
2: I feel like there so is. So you want to? I just want to like, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> both these titles are a mess. <laughs> but I think that, I just feel like if I said greatest gay, that would be a lie because it's clearly Tyler Oakley. Tyler Oakley is the best that ever was. And so I just would feel wrong claiming that title when I know damn well that it isn't true.
1: Oh, but you you can take the title of best
2: black yes, YouTuber. Yes, I will. I will wrestle Day Storm <laughs> in a pit of mud <laughs> until I snatch the crown.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, well, you should you should probably charge pay-per-view or something I for know. that.
1: Now, to, ex- to expand... He's got a bad knee, by the way. Well, I oh, think God. he's better now.
0: I think it's better now. He's probably I, still I he's he's, done a lot of rehab. He's probably still weak in the
1: knees. Every so. time I see his Instagram, he's run up a mountain or something like that. <laughs> so I I, it, I I think he's doing fine. But this leads to another question, which is uh what link was kind of you know exploring was this this aspect of people categorize people and on YouTube any any form of entertainment is it's done that that much more. Mhm. But then, when you're trying to kind of break through in a medium like YouTube, where it's not about um, who's promoting you, it's not about what network you've signed with, so much of the success of a YouTuber is just based on the YouTuber, right? It's just right. based on the content that they create and how they connect with an audience. And anytime you have a distinctive, it can be an edge in a lot of ways, right? Yes. So you've got the you've got a distinctive of being gay. You've got a distinctive of being black and those put you in a minority when it it comes to just the overall YouTube. But you probably weren't thinking any of these things when you got involved. You were just like, I'm gonna rant about this. When did it kind of hit you that you were like, oh, I am sort of potentially the best black YouTuber. Like, When when did you start thinking in those categories that people were probably already categorizing you in?
2: I think the first time was when I discovered Tumblr. Um, There were like gifs or do you guys say gifs or gifs we say we say gifs around here yeah, yeah. gifs gifs <laughs> the gifs of myself i would see people like who's the funny black guy and i was like oh are they talking about me and um that was the first time i saw myself like labeled and then when um i was with a network and we were just looking at stats and i just saw like the lack of color on like the top 100 200 list and i was like oh wow this is very interesting um like race and sexuality it's something i think about a lot so i guess it was kind of an eye-opener and i saw it as something that could work to my advantage um if it needs to but i i just never ever think about it but when
0: you i mean you kind of alluded to earlier in the conversation of There being a Kingsley character, I mean, our our conversation has been this kind of, you know, it's been kind of, I wouldn't, uh, it's been laid back, Mm -hmm. but it's not the on camera persona. So I'm glad you're giving us the real you, which kind of clarifies: is it just amped up? Is it a character? And is there a temptation to be because this? These are your labels: to be gayer, to be blacker.
2: I definitely... there. There is. Um, one of the things I talked about when I did my drama in my life is just what I went through in eighth grade, how I kind of became like subdued and more conscious of what I was saying and how I was acting. Um, when I make my videos, I kind of keep in the back of my head that they're... Like, I didn't have YouTube growing up, and right now I feel like a lot of kids do. And some of them, from like the things they write, I know they see people like me and Tyler and whoever they're watching, and they just feel inspired because of the way we are. And for me, my whole demeanor of like not caring and being strong and outgoing, that's just something I wanna project so that if like a gay kid is watching me and they do behave that way, they can see that it's okay. Um, so it's definitely like intentional and on purpose. Um, but it at the same time, like it's who I am But it's just such a huge magnification of that. Like how you said, I'm not like that all the time. Mm -hmm. But I think for the sake of entertainment and for making these people laugh and just trying to make them happy, I can do that for like, you know, four minutes every other day. (laughs) Or or 10 minutes and then edit it down.
1: Yeah. 60% out.
0: Well, we wish you the best, man. uh, Mm -hmm. We've enjoyed getting to know you and... uh, Thanks for coming in.
2: Thank you guys for having me. It was fun. Sign yeah. the table. appreciate it. Ooh.
0: And there you have it. Our Ear Biscuit with King. so A.K.A. Yeah.
1: Kingsley. Right, and I think we got King, not necessarily Kingsley. Yeah, not the character, the real person. Yeah, meaning that he was just very much... Uh, in an introspective mood, I think that was one of the interesting things. Is I think when you watch his videos, uh, sometimes he gets really worked up, and you might have to cut your uh, your headphone volume down a little bit. <laughs> but I almost felt like I wanted to turn him up because he's he's a very mild mannered guy in person. I think a lot of people might be surprised by that, but I think we captured that.
0: And that's what you get with an ear biscuit. You get the the flip side at times. You get the the real side. So. Well, and that that's what I, I'm continually excited about this show, that we can do that. There's there's no pressure to perform. But it does raise a
1: question, Link. Are you in character right now? Or are you Like being, right now? Right now. Are you being the real Link? Have you been in character our entire lives? <laughs> 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 that's funny, right? I mean, I just wondering because well, we do a lot of entertaining together. We're always talking to each other but also talking to an audience.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, when we're in the conversation with somebody, it's very I I think, you know, you listening can tell that we're just asking legitimate questions, but right now there's an amped up kind of a little characterization. I mean, on Good Mythical Morning, are we being ourselves or are we in character? We're we're in a character that is a heightened version of ourselves. And and even right now, I'm not I'm not giving you the heightened link the character, really? but I'm not giving you link the The Link uh, just woke up. The link that is just there's no mic in front of my face and there's not an audience listening. I'm talking to you, listener, and I'm talking to you,
1: Rhett. You are your name's Rhett, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it Because it, my voice when I when I'm not in character, it's still this silky smooth. No, no. My voice is like this. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of mopey. <laughs> It's, I, the natural me wants to speak like this, very low and like a robot. The kind of voice that would talk you through something if an instruction manual were to. Like a really bad audio book. Please. Like a really technical audio book. Thank you for purchasing. About
0: like intro to circuits. The happy jack. No,
1: it would be like, thank you for purchasing the happy jack's jungle gym guaranteed to provide years of fun for you and your family.
0: There's like an audio track for the Happy Jack to Jungle Gym?
1: If there was.
0: Like what, to put it together? Like an audio
1: instruction assembly? Make sure you have the following tools. Rubber mallet. Screwdriver. That's pretty much all you need. Everything else is in the kit. That's how I want to speak.
0: Lay out everything from the kit and make sure you have it all. I know you're not actually going to do that, (laughs) but... The people in customer service require that I tell you to lay out everything
1: but in the But this kit. is a great idea, not just because it's how I really speak, but because if I had an audio instructional manual, I would know how long I was supposed to be taking to do things. When I look at the... the oh, the, like the total runtime of the audio? Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, now you should have gotten like the first rung on. Now you should have the first rung on. So you don't have to pause the... It's Audio real time. instruction. It, it, it's real time. He just like, I'll wait. <laughs> well, it, I'm still it, would waiting. Be, it would be timed so that you were doing it at normal speed. Because when I'm building something, I want to know how I'm an... doing compared to other men out there around Ooh. the world. That's how I feel sometimes. If you
0: are not done, your progress as it corresponds to the average man is below average. You are a below average man. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of a demotivational thing yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Huh. I think... This may be our future. Audio <laughs> instructions. assembly instructions, downloadable only from our website, which, of course, is RentLink.com. That's
1: right. Oh, we're turning this into a promotion. We should probably turn this back into a promotion for Kingsley. Uh, thanks to Kingsley for being on the, the Ear Biscuits and giving us uh, a real biscuit to sink our ears into. If you want to let Kingsley know how much you appreciate him being on Ear Biscuits. And, and please do. Uh, you can tweet at him. That's at Kingsley. There's three Y's at the end though. That's He's got that one. That's so it's his King, Kingsley. Kingsley with two extra Y's. So three total Y's, all at the end. So let him
0: know, hashtag Ear Biscuits on that. Also give us feedback that way. And as we always say, leave a review on iTunes, leave a comment on SoundCloud. These things are valuable to us
1: in many ways. Emotionally mostly.
0: Yeah, if they're positive.
1: Okay, well, we'll be back next week with another Biscuit.
0: Count on it.